Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Scarlett Fu. Michael Barr is off today, but joining me in their place, the great Damien Sassauer, as well as one of our fantastic guest hosts, Dan Schwartzman of Bloomberg. Welcome, Dan. Hey, Dan. Thank you. It's great to be in the hot seat with you guys. The MLS season is officially underway, and this year the league introduced a new expansion team in St. Louis. The expansion side made history as the St. Louis SC rallied to beat Austin FC 3-2 in the inaugural match. Klaus inside, and he pokes it into the net, and St. Louis City going to the lead with five minutes to play. The Brazilian intent on setting yet more history on the opening night of the season for the newest team in MLS. Fantastic summary there. Joining us now to speak about all of this uh, is Carolyn Kindle. She is president and CEO of St. Louis City SC, the newest club in the MLS. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So you are a newcomer to soccer, but not St. Louis because you've got deep, deep roots in the city. And I know that you've been trying to bring a pro team to St. Louis for a while now. Why soccer? Why MLS? Well, I I think you sort of asked a great question to inter- to sort of introduce this whole concept. So uh, my grandfather, Jack Taylor, founder of Enterprise Holdings, um, really believed in giving back to the city of St. Louis that supported us all these years to make Enterprise so successful. And it's in, he had passed this through the generations. So my mom and my uncle and my aunt, certainly myself and my cousins. And so one of the things that this family and the entire ownership group was um, very excited about was really what it could do for the city of St. Louis. And so when we started thinking about, you know, as the Taylor family, what was the next big project and what would be a great way to elevate um, the city of St. Louis back to an international stage, everybody kept saying soccer. And so um, it began in 2018, uh, summer of 2018, where we really started to kind of do our research and we found out that, you know, obviously soccer is an international sport has a great fan base. Demographics are quite different from some of the other sports we have here in St. Louis. But we thought it was a great way to really bring all of the micro communities in St. Louis together to support their official soccer football team. Carolyn, is Dan Schwartzman. First off, congratulations on uh, getting the franchise up and running there. You know, you look at that city and it's a great sports city. The Cardinals have such a you know, classic historic fan base. The Rams didn't leave because they didn't have fans. There was a lot more to it. The Blues obviously are also a team with a, a deep fan base. When you project attendance figures as the years go on, what are you looking at here? Are you looking at kind of a Columbus model, 18, 20, 25,000? Or do you think you guys can grow into more of a major market like the New York teams or L.A.? So our stadium holds 22,500 currently. Um, I think our our plan is to sort of hold at that number, you know, at least for five to six years, um, because what we really want to do is make sure that we're filling our stadium for every match. Uh, obviously, you know, your inaugural year, you don't really about ticket sales or, you know, filling that stadium. But we want to make sure that between certainly the product on the pitch, but it's also more than that. You know, we want to offer an elevated food and beverage service. We've partnered with 25 local 
restaurants um, to make it truly a unique um, experience. And so you as a person and individual can find different ways to enjoy match day. So whether it's through music, whether it's through food and beverage, or whether it's through the sport, we want to make sure that we're constantly refreshing the products that we have to offer so it is more than just a match. So, Carolyn, you know, I just I want you to take me through the, what it's like to be one of the few majority-owned female teams in all of sports. And look, I, I understand Jack's your grandfather. By the way, for all our listeners, Enterprise Holdings, if Alamo Rental Car, Enterprise Rental Car, that's Carolyn's family, just to be clear. But you also bought the team alongside the Kavanaugh family. And Jim Kavanaugh, if I'm not mistaken, once played soccer for the L.A. Lasers, a major indoor soccer team once upon a time. And I'm curious, what's their involvement here? What's it like to be one of the few female majority-owned teams in professional sports? Well, I think it starts really with a great foundation of two really strong businessmen. So, yes, Jim Cavanaugh was um, a very successful soccer player, but he also founded, co-founded a very successful business here in St. Louis. And so when you really look at the majority female ownership, I, I sort of joke around a little bit because that really was just how my family was constructed my uncle Andy, at, you know, was the last male born into the family and all the generations below him. <laughs> so, but when you look at it from a business perspective, what better than to have two very strong, successful families come together? And so it's certainly about sport, but it really, at the end of the day, is about a business. And so one of the things I think we're very happy about is we've tried to be very thoughtful about um, hires you know, diversity in all sense of the word, however you identify what community you come from, there's a role for you to play here. But more importantly, if you are the best in that position, we're so excited to have you be part of City SC. I'm curious also how that translates into um, the planning and the execution on everything related to the club, including the infrastructure. I'm thinking about City Park as the first post-pandemic stadium built to avoid long lines and crowd surges. But as a woman, I'm thinking it should have more female bathroom stalls than most <laughs> stadiums because women end up in these long lines while men move through very quickly. So I will, I'm happy to confirm that we do have more female bathrooms. Thank you. Um, my friend jokes around that she's like, clearly you helped design um, the stadium because that might be one of the most beautiful public restrooms I've ever been in. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, in all honesty, though, it, I think having that female majority ownership, there are certain things that we think about. But I think it's also important to point out that we've really tried to engage people from the community mm -hmm. um, and from all communities, really, because we really want to understand how people are going to feel safe and comfortable and really appreciate and look forward to coming to City Park, whether it's match day or not match day. Carolyn, the league has grown exponentially, obviously, over the years to where you have the first billion-dollar franchise now, according to Forbes. That is L.A., of course, one of the two, and the other one's worth 925, I think. So it's made huge strides. That said, though, recently, Cristiano Ronaldo was a free agent, and we know Kansas City apparently made a big effort to get him. Instead, he goes to Saudi Arabia, takes the money. Do you think MLS as a league and all the owners together should have probably done more because of what it could have brought to the league in terms of notoriety? to bring in a guy of that stature? Good question. You know, I can't really honestly speculate on what other owners should do. I think one of the things, and by the way, the MLS ownership group has been absolutely amazing to me and my family throughout this whole process. So whether it was um, tours of their stadium, letting us talk to their teams as well. So I think from that perspective, this ownership group really does believe in supporting one another. I think the other side to that is I think there's so much amazing homegrown talent here in the United States, and I think that you have clubs that are really excited to start being able to use their academy system, the development team, and really just bring 
U.S. soccer players to an international level as well. You know, selfishly in St. Louis, we have some of the best academy kids hands down, and they continue to win tournaments and prove themselves. And one thing I would like to do in a couple of years is be watching a World Cup match and say that was a kid that came from St. Louis. Carolyn, I agree with you on that. The talent level here in America has grown. But that said, though, a lot of the top players like Weston McKenney, Christian Pulisic, uh, Serginho Dest, they all go to Europe to play. So even from, say, FC Dallas's academy, what can be done over the next few years? And you now, as one of the owners here, of course, in the league, to try to keep that homegrown cream of the crop talent from not going to Europe and staying here and kind of showing us what they can do. Well, I think you've got a couple things that are really exciting. So the MLS partnership with Apple, I mean, that's the first of its kind. And so I think that that's really going to be able to draw a lot more fans than linear TV. And what I mean by that is we have a Bosnian player. Our hope is is that people in Bosnia are signing into the city SC page because they want to watch one of their own play and be successful. I think number two, I think better understanding the demographics and how do you market them and how do you make them very loyal fans is a focus not only for MLS as a whole, but as teams in general. And I think that there's just, from what I'm seeing, there's there's sort of a shift in how the, the newer, the younger generations, how they consume sports and soccer really is a big, a big part of what, how, you know, big sports that they really want to watch. And so I think truthfully, what you're saying is keep homegrown talent here can be done. I think it's just sort of you have to be innovative outside the box. But I think that if we get more momentum, I think we definitely will be able to keep that talent here in the U.S. So, Karen, let's talk soccer here. I mean, I'm sorry, football. Um, let's talk <laughs> about, you know, um, you know, what's it like to build out a team? You know, you brought in South African former footballers, your coach Bradley Carnell. I mean, amazing job there. You know, you've got great talent. You know, how do you build this out? You know, what went into that? You know, what went into the decision-making? How involved are you in all of that? Well, first of all, I hired the best sporting director in Luz Van and Steel, who from day one, I was very clear about, I don't know anything about this sport. <laughs> um, so I joke around, we've been together three years. He is probably by far, hands down, one of the best scouters in the entire sport and so when he would come to me with okay we have to agree on our playing style our playing style is aggressive um high pressing and so once we started having those conversations then he started to show me how you build a roster um and so it's i you know i spent i think 12 hours on the expansion draft Mm -hmm. with him i spent another you know 10 hours on the super draft and so really the truth of the matter is, is I trust Lutz and I trust Bradley Carnell and all the coaches because they, at the end of the day, are the experts. What's been really exciting, though, is being able to see the other side of what we're doing. And that is looking for those young kids that grew up in a more high, high, you know, high press, high aggressive academy system. And so I think there have been some, you know, who's that kind of moment? But as you saw um, at our first match, they came together very well. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're a good team both on and off the pitch. But more importantly, they're having fun and they're working hard. And that's all I can ask for. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. 
You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Carolyn Kindle is president and CEO of St. Louis City SC. And of course, this is the first majority female-owned club in MLS history and one of the few in professional sports globally. You talk about this pipeline of, of young talent, these academy kids. Um, can you give us a sense of what kind of community uh, engagement you'll be doing to, to further solidify that relationship with the club? So, absolutely. So, we created our own academy system that's free because we wanted to that soccer was accessible to everybody in the region. Along with that, we have Way to Play. So we're hosting clinics throughout the city of St. Louis, really as sort of as an intro to soccer. Um, we also want to make sure that we're, you know, interweaving other skills, life skills as well. So it's not just about the sport, but it could be about problem solving, really putting an emphasis on teamwork. And so we've had great partners with the YMCA as one of them in particular, where we just go to one of their locations, um, send our community coaches out, and really try to make it a fun experience. Um, we also host Soccer 101. So we do have um, events at parks around, t- around town that's just like, hey, come out and see what this is all about. And so we've had a lot of success there. Um, we also have an amazing director of community relations who's working on how we can integrate the players more into the community. So whether it's... Um, Food banks, Meals on Wheels, um, certainly pets are a big deal. We just want to make sure that our players are accessible to everybody in the region. Carolyn, I think you sell yourself a little short in terms of soccer knowledge. You've used the word pitch and match already, so you are ahead of 99% of the American population. So pat yourself on the back for that. But World Cup. As good a sporting event as there ever is, you don't have to be a soccer slash football fan to enjoy it. Everybody loves it. Four years from now, it's going to be here in this state. What does it mean for the sport and what does it mean for the MLS? Well, I think that it's going to be huge, honestly. And what's even more exciting is we actually have a professional soccer team now. Um, I think you saw it. I mean, what was the, the, la- the World Cup final match? I mean, it had some of the highest viewership in the entire world yeah. of any other professional sport. And I think that that right there sets the tone that people really do enjoy soccer. And I myself have gotten into it for many, many reasons, but the passion and the beauty, I understand why it's called the beautiful game now. But I think to be able to host such an incredible world event here in the U.S. and be able to showcase, um, you know, all the cities and all the great, you know, places that North America can offer is huge. And we're lucky because Kansas City, I believe, was selected to host one of the matches. So, you know, to be able to send people down there and have it in our backyard is is just a great feeling. But I think it's really just going to continue to elevate professional soccer here in the United States. Carolyn, question for you. You know, sports gambling obviously has taken the country by storm, you know, and obviously in, you know, places like Europe, I mean, it's been there since forever, gambling on football. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on sports gambling in the U.S. Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? Does it create any concerns for you amongst, you know, the people who are employed by St. Louis FC? Is it, is it, is it, is it something that potentially could be good for the sport in terms of, you know, creating awareness. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on all that. You know, I think it's too early to tell if it's going to be good or bad. I think what is exciting, though, it does drive engagement with fans. And just looking at some of the statistics I've seen, because sports gambling isn't currently legal in Missouri, but with some of the partners we've talked to, I mean, it really does bring people to the sport. And so I think that, you know, just like with anything right now, it's too, it's too soon to say if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it does have to be very carefully monitored. Um, and I think, you know, you just have to be aware of, you know, how you structure your partnerships. But I think more importantly, anything that brings engagement and drives that 
interaction is a good thing. You mentioned bringing people to the sport. Um, I want to ask you about MLS and its um, partnership with Apple TV and how Apple TV will be uh, airing the games. And it's interesting because obviously you need to be a subscriber to Apple Plus and the numbers there are not as broad as, say, Netflix or even Amazon Prime. Is this a good thing for MLS, for, for MLS to be aired on Apple? I 100% think it is. And one of, I'll I'll use a perfect example. A good friend of mine lives in London and he loves the fact that he can go watch the match in the morning because it's the same time every week. And one of the things that I think MLS always struggled with was, you know, there wasn't a consistent day where matches were played. It wasn't a consistent time. It was hard to find the matches. But in this case, now you know that there is a match that will be available, you know, obviously during the, during the match itself, but you can go back to the next day and watch it, which is where I think that they're going to draw an interesting crowd. Hopefully, selfishly, I would like it highly international because you now have that accessibility to watch that match whenever it's convenient for you. Um, I do think the consistency about when they're going to start and what days they're on is a big deal because I myself would struggle finding matches because you just never knew what day, what time, what channel, and I think it created a lot of confusion. Carolyn, last question from me. With the Apple deal, obviously, you know, the the eyes in your local market will be the biggest. Are you allowed to have a local TV sponsor? What's the the deal with Apple in terms of availability in the local community? You know, I think this because this is the first year, everybody's sort of, you know, trying to figure everything out. As of right now, we do not have a local TV sponsor, um, but we do have radio. Um, Are you allowed to have TV? We are not allowed to have TV. Okay. But we have radio, which is exciting. Soccer on any uh, platform is exciting. Oh, I agree. Carolyn, I just have one last question for you from my side. Um, You know, seeing as you don't have any problems with sports gambling, I'm actually looking at the lines for uh, who's favorite to win the MLS Cup in 2023. (laughs) Austin FC plus 800. You knocked them out this last weekend. Well done. (laughs) But all the way at the bottom, St. Louis City plus 8,000, Carolyn. I mean, what is going on there? We're going to have to do something about that, no? I secretly like being the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> well done. We're going to knock off LA this year. Let's do it. I uh, I have my biggest hope if I were to define success on this team this year is that we certainly bring bring the drama and the energy, which we did. But I think really more importantly, I want this entire community to be wearing jerseys and kids at the end of the year with their favorite player because they feel that attachment to them and they want to support them. And I think that if that happens, then we had a very successful team. Um, I have no doubt that these are an incredibly talented group of, I'd say, young and young men because we have some 17-year-olds that are going to be, you know, up-and-coming rock stars. However, I would be perfectly happy if we finish not in where we're predicted to finish. <laughs> Carolyn, really appreciate your joining us and making time for us. Carolyn Kindle is president and CEO of St. Louis City SC. And of course, this is the first majority female-owned club in MLS history and one of the few in professional sports globally. Really appreciate your joining us. Thank you very much. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Scarlett Fu, and find me on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. And you can find me on Twitter at D Sassauer. And I'm Dan Schwartzman, Dan underscore Schwartzman. Ooh, you had to change it up there. I did. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening, and be sure to catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, of course, as we continue to explore the world of money and sports. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.